Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Clueless Capitalist with me, Razi, and Osman. In this episode, we are going to be discussing PrioShop. PrioShop is a startup from Bangladesh, and what they are doing is that they're empowering micro SMEs using digital platforms to connect with wholesalers, retailers, manufacturers, and their customers on a single platform. So it's a combination of uh, commerce, logistics, and even working capital. And Osman and I, we just recently uh, invested in this startup, and we believe that this startup has the potential to be the next unicorn from Bangladesh. So in this episode, we're going to be sharing with you PrioShop. We're going to share with you the pitch deck, what the startup is all about, why we got really excited by the opportunity, and how you can potentially also uh, perhaps be part of this journey as well. So PrioShop, what they do is that they are empowering a retailer supply chain by bridging the technology gap. And that sounds a bit complicated, and I'm going to be explaining more uh, in the subsequent slides. And it, and it's just really important to understand this is a, a startup in Bangladesh. When we think of digitalization and empowerment of retailers from having not lived in Bangladesh and not being in Bangladesh, we don't understand that particular problem statement, right? We're kind of okay with ordering our stuff from NTUC, FairPrice, or from any of the uh, retailers that we have. But micro SMEs are a real significant contributor to the Bangladesh economy and they're often struggling to keep up with uh, the market demands of their uh, consumer base. So um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit more detail. If you look at the slide, you can see this uh, an example of uh, one of these micro SMEs that PrioShop has impacted. So what PrioShop is doing is that they're helping these micro SMEs uh, use technology and connect with wholesalers, you know, and to connect with uh, their customers all in a single marketplace. And it provides not just the marketplace, not just the ability to uh, connect with wholesalers and retailers, but it also provides the logistics and working capital. So what does all of that mean, right? An easy way to understand this is, imagine if you're a micro SME in a village in Bangladesh, right? And you have an inventory of items that you sell to your customers. You're probably managing this entire inventory uh, using uh, pen and paper. And sometimes you might not know when you have run out of certain products. And if you run out of a product because you're a micro SME, Unilever or PNG, none of these big guys are going to come and restock your store. So what you have to do is you have to close and then you have to go and travel to the nearest town and go and buy the stock that you're out of and you come back and then you restock your store. But the challenge is when you close your shop and you go off to the town for the next two to three days that you're away, your customers are not going to be able to buy from you and that's going to impact your revenue. And the other challenge is when you go to the town to buy your goods, you're buying it from a retailer. You're, not that, you're probably not buying it directly from a wholesaler and things like that. So the, your margin is going to be impacted. But what with PrioShop, what it's doing is with PrioShop, you can now manage your inventory. You can order uh, things using the PrioShop app and PrioShop will then deliver um, the items to you. And that is going to save you. You're not, you don't need to close your shop for three days. You're going to be able to get better rates. You're going to get better prices. And since they also provide our buy now, pay later services, 
you can actually buy your goods and restock without having to fork out the capital that is required. So there are a lot of benefits to what PrioShop does. And I think one thing that I found really inspiring was uh, the founder, Asikul, had actually been to Singapore. And one thing that he found interesting was how there were 7-Elevens everywhere. And he thought it's an interesting concept because when you go to a 7-Eleven, you are assured of the same prices, you're assured of uh, quality of product, and you're assured of quality of service. And it is a brand that people identify and uh, they, they recognize. And with PrioShop, as you can see on the slide, it is also aiming to create this recognizable brand with this uh, pink color and with uh, what is standing for. They want consumers in Bangladesh to know PrioShop, to recognize PrioShop and for it to be something like a 7-Eleven uh, across Bangladesh. So uh, I think in terms of... Uh, the problems faced by those retailers, uh, as Rosie mentioned, right, despite there being a, a big shift in modern trade and using the internet, these local shops are still being left behind. It's called, you know, we call it the digital divide, you know, the haves and the haves nots. Why is it that a supermarket can create an online facility for you to buy? But if you're going to do that, then your local shop, your cornerstone of your community, is missing out, right? So for, for for that very reason, you know, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't go to my local store because they don't have the stuff that I need in there and they're not online, so I can't just order from them and just go and pick it up, right? So they're, they're all the things which eventually create the demise of your local high street. It's a real problem. And this isn't just a problem in Bangladesh. If you look globally, like even Thailand, if you look at Thailand here in Southeast Asia, when Tesco were creating supermarkets in in Thailand, there was a, a big uproar from local retailers who were losing out and they were actively protesting against Tesco for coming in and completely ruining the, the rice bowl for these smaller retailers. And it's true, it's very difficult for these smaller retailers to compete in such a manner. The problems are inefficient sourcing. They, they're not easy to, it's not easy to know that if I'm going to buy a, a, you know, one liter bottle of sunflower oil in this shop, is it going to be cheaper if I buy it from the shop in the next village on? Why am I paying 50 cents more than, than I should have to? Whereas at least if you, have consistency of pricing across the supermarket chain, you know that, you know, it's it's pretty standard. Um, these retailers can't compete but because they just can't stock the type of goods that they would like to have because credit's not given to them. I mean, we talked about this with Energy Light. That credit issue is still there, even in the retail space where, you know, people don't want to uh, finance the retailer because they're too high of a credit risk increasing that digital divide uh, and again the lack of technology adaptation as well they're too fragmented to be able to create a technology solution until now these are unique problems not just in bangladesh thailand even in the uk if you were to actively look in the uk why don't you go to your local corner shop why don't you go to your high street and there are problems Parking's an issue, parking costs, you'll get parking ticket. So you don't go to your high street anymore because it's a problem. Councils, as much as they want to create a, a nice 
area in the town centre, they're making it very inconvenient for people to go sometimes. And and therefore people go to the out-of-town supermarkets. But then when they go to the out-of-town supermarkets, you've still got your corner shop. But uh, you know what? I'll just drive and I'll, I'm there anyway. I'll buy all the stuff that I would normally have bought at, the, at, at my corner shop. And my corner shop could say, well, hey, you can order directly from me and I'll bring it to your house if you need to. You know, you're literally around the corner or just walk over and pick it up and have instant gratification that way. But technology adaptation is a problem across multiple geographies. It's not just a Bangladesh problem. It's just interesting how PrioShop are addressing this for Bangladesh though. So when you look at how PrioShop are addressing this, they've got the three streams, commerce, logistics, and the buy now, pay later, the credit line for the small retailers. They're the key components that they're doing to address this fragmented micro SME space. And they're trying to standardize the technology across all of them, allowing them all to buy in and being able to compete on par with those bigger players now. So with regards to the value added in retail industry, the, the other key issues that you see in this kind of micro SME space is uh, is that brands, you know, like the Procter & Gamble's, uh, uh, Unilever's, they have like, I mean, if you use hair shampoo as an example, I, I want Pantempro-Vige, uh, you know, um, uh, shampoo. My micro SME might not have access to it, but the brands themselves don't know how to get their, their brands into all of these little micro merchants that are out there. Um, because it's very difficult to efficiently get out there. PrioShop's giving them a technology app that will allow you to allow those brands to actually reach out to those micro merchants. So the merchant sourcing is a lot easier through going through PrioShop's app rather than having to individually go to each and every micro merchant or build out a sales team that can go to different regions. It's a very costly activity to source those merchants. So the digital sales and the marketing and promotion becomes very simple for those brands because they can reach all those different merchants through one app, through the PrioShop app. Distribution as well. This is the, the problem with supply chain financing. I'm a distributor, I've got these products in stock, but all these micro merchants are locked out because I don't have the ability to provide financing for them. And therefore I'm not going to stock a lot of these goods because they're not going to be in the, in the position to buy them. And therefore that's, an, that's a problem. And then there are other things as well, like if you're doing things like white goods, um, you know, how do you do last mile delivery to like that little village in the, in the middle of nowhere, right? So all of those things are a problem for distributors and Prio shops addressing that by doing that whole buy now, pay later, but also financing the supply chain, making sure that those micro merchants have access to credit. And the micro merchants themselves in terms of having a brand, you know, that they can subscribe to, to show, hey, look, we're part of a larger entity here. We're leveraging economies of scale. And therefore, the price that you see is going to be the price that you'll see in the next store over or the next village over. Um, I've got a digital catalog of things which I may not have here in store, but if you want them, I'll get them. And I don't need to shut my shop for a half a day to go and get them for you. I can show you them and you can pick them and you can and get them del delivered to, to the shop. I've got the credit facilities now 
um, with a digital payment option as well for the consumer and the marketing and promotion. Um, being able to leverage off marketing and promotion through Prius Shop, through the brands that we talk about on the left, through to the micro merchants, being pushed out to the micro merchants themselves. And then obviously the last mile delivery, Prius Shop are able to do that. Um, to help simplify the delivery of the goods to the consumer and simplified delivery to the micro merchant. You know, like you want, you know, 20 bottles of something, Prio Shop can make sure that you don't need to close your shop and go there and pick it up and bring it back. You can just wait for Prio Shop to deliver it to you. So it's really, really clear how Prio Shop are adding value to every segment of that retail chain. So in terms of, um, you know, the traditional way and how things have changed, you can really see what's happening here. And, and there is a, a number of really key value adds here, but multiple brands going out to multiple distributors and, and being delivered directly from those uh, manufacturers. Um, and they're all being delivered in a really haphazard way out to those local stores. Right, so it can, in a in another sense, what you're seeing is real inefficiencies here, and and we're not just talking about inefficiencies of just like everybody's got layers of cost to deliver something to all these micro SMEs, but just the carbon footprint for this is insane, right? You know, when you're talking about multiple trucks being used to deliver to the same store, when you could consolidate all of that and reduce that, is that that type of efficiency which helps nations to meet their green targets that they've set for themselves is by enabling companies like Prio Shop to do that. So now what you've got on the right hand side is all the brands, they're using the Prio Shop app, the single app that the retailer can use with a single truck that delivers out to that store. So you're consolidating at a number of levels that reduces cost, that improves margin, and that improves the you know the value add for every element of that retail chain. So as you can see, the business model really is the brands working with the distributors through Prio Shop, and their Prio Shop have their own in-house and third-party logistics firms to coordinate that delivery and the micro merchants, the retailers are the ones that are happy because they've now got access to goods and services that they never had access to before, not at the scale that we're looking at here. So one thing we need to understand is something called a GMV. So GMV essentially stands for gross merchandise volume. And it's a term that is used in the online retail space where we're looking to indicate the total sales of merchandise that is sold through a marketplace over a particular period of time. So if you look at Prio Shop's uh, GMV growth, it is strong, it's consistent, and I think it is really exciting. So if you look in July 2021, they were doing about 259,000 of uh, GMV. And if you look just four months later, they're doing 1.14 million in the month of November. So there's a 337% growth in the GMV. And this to us as angel investors is a sign that um, Prio Shop has good traction and that the business is growing. And that it's also an indicator that their concept and um, what they're working to build is actually working and they're gaining traction in the market. And um, if you look at the revenue contributors, so like what Osman has been explaining, they have um, 
So there are two uh, contributors to revenue here. Mainly, I mean, the B2B app where the micro SME can order via the uh, Prio Shop app. And of course, there's a B2C component where I as a customer can actually order on the Prio Shop app as well. So it's B2B and B2C. And where uh, we find there's a lot of huge opportunity for growth and it's really exciting for us as investors is actually the B2B part of things. And we're going to explain that a bit more in the following slides. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it, it's just interesting to note that yeah, the, the proportion is also interesting. The B two B and the B two C, they're enabling different aspects of the the retail experience. We talk about this as quite you know interesting for Bangladesh, but I I think this is also interesting for other countries, even that those that claim to be more developed. That you're able to enable the B2B experience for the corner shop type of retailer and the end consumer. I think that's the real problem that hasn't been addressed, you know, in a large number of countries, not just Bangladesh. So when when we look at why now uh, with Prio Shop specifically, you, you've got some key demographics that you you need to take note of. The uh, population in Bangladesh is pretty young. 66% of them is still considered to be youth. Out of 170 million population, that's a significant chunk of people that have got the predisposition to to use digital apps as their primary source of uh, of engagement. Right, so that's the reason why we think this is the right time to be doing it. Internet penetration in Bangladesh as well is pretty high. So 110 million internet users in Bangladesh. The economy is going through the roof. I think if you just do a quick Google search to look at the GDP of Bangladesh, it's actually quite impressive. Uh, you think of Bangladesh as, and we've mentioned this before, as a bit of a basket case country. It's no longer that. It's, it's moved on a lot and their economy is pretty strong. It's growing consistently and it's growing in a way that is, you know, when you see that type of GDP, you realize that there's a lot more going on there. Right in terms of the disposable income of people, how many people are being elevated out of poverty, how many people are being moved into the middle income bracket. All of these things are a reflection on why that GDP is growing up. But but yeah, 97% of retail is in the retailer's hands, meaning that you know the retailer is still handling goods. It's not all internet based, and and therefore a digital solution will address those kind of demographics and we know it's an untapped market just because we we know that these types of solutions don't exist but there's a, a market of people that really would take up the adoption without an issue yeah and we look if you look at the um the market opportunity as what osman mentioned it's an it's a large addressable uh, untapped market and there are 4.5 million of these uh, micro SMEs, micro merchants. And if you look at the annual turnover, it's 18.4 billion, which is really significant because if you look at the size of the uh, economy that's going to be projected by 2025 of 500 billion dollars, this is quite a significant chunk of it. And and beyond just so, I think for Prio Shop, they currently have 2,400 of these micro merchants uh, onboarded. 
And if you think about the fact that the market size is 4.5 million micro merchants, so the amount of uh, new merchant acquisition that can happen over the next few months and the next few years is going to be quite significant. And beyond the Prio Shop uh, model, as we have spoken about, beyond that, there is also the entire credit market. And if you see the credit market is 778 million and 676,000 micro merchants took loans, I think in a study that was done in 2018. So what this signals to us is that Prio Shop's model of also having a buy now, pay later facility, I think that is going to be also a significant source of growth uh, for Prio Shop in the coming uh, years. So with regards to the micro merchant profile, this is really interesting as well, because we talked earlier on about the internet penetration is really high, but in the micro merchant space, it's actually pretty interesting. 98% of them own a mobile phone, but but only 30% of them actually uh, own a smartphone, right? So even though you've got internet penetration, it's not evenly distributed. So these micro merchants are connected, but they're not connected in the way we would expect. And so Prio Shop are addressing that. There are a number of issues that need to be resolved. But like, uh, if you can imagine, over time, that micro merchant profile will change. But the Prio Shop guys are actually working to address this particular problem where you've got internet penetration of consumers, but the micro merchants themselves, the retailers, don't have that same level of penetration. So how do you match and balance that, right, between the consumers who've got propensity to use a smartphone app and a micro merchant who says, what's a smartphone, right? Why do I need one? Um, the need isn't seen, it's not perceived. So these guys are actually working on, on addressing that. But it also presents a good opportunity because smartphones are becoming cheaper. They are becoming the standard device uh, moving forward. So that ownership of mobile phones is going to go down, but the ownership of smartphones is going to go up. So by default, that's going to happen, right? But it also indicates that it's a good time to get in because that is driving growth as well. You know, the, the micro merchant profile we know is changing, right? So it's, it's an interesting position to be in. So to add on to the micro merchant profile, the, the buy now, pay later opportunities is significant as well. So if you look at this same study from the UN uh, that was done in 2018, in Bangladesh, uh, the average monthly sales per merchant is 3,195 uh, US dollars. And 73% of these is done on credit regularly, right? And um, the micro merchants, you can see 64.8% of them procure on credit. They actually sell on credit as well and most 22.3% of them record daily transactions. So when we look at the um, average monthly sales, if we look at the procurement being done and the sale being done on credit, uh, it just signals to us that the market is ready for a buy now pay later um, offering and with Prio Shop offering that as part of their suite of uh, services. I think that's again a significant uh, opportunity for angel investors to come in early and be able to ride this wave of not just digitizing um, SMEs, but also in terms of uh, leveraging on the BNPL opportunity that Bangladesh presents. So like what we've, we've been emphasizing uh, in all of our previous videos, uh, we 
always look at the management team. Are these are these uh, individuals that we can uh, talk to? Is the founder someone that we can talk to that is readily available uh, to answer our questions? And does he have experience in the space? And if you look at the management team of PrioShop, they have a very experienced team. And if you look at the founder, uh, Asikul, he's been in the space for quite a number of years now. He has technology experience and he also has a significant e-commerce experience, which puts him in the right place to actually drive uh, PrioShop forward and to lead PrioShop. If I was to look at the, the top management team, one, we, we've spoken to Asikul, both you and me, Rasi, we've spoken to him and we both feel that he's very straightforward, very approachable, He's very clear about what he wants to achieve, which gives us a lot of comfort in his goals and his ability to achieve those goals. But if you look across the co-founded team as well and the uh, and the top management team, their experience as well balances each one out. There's, you know, MBA trained individuals and MBAs aren't really the, the the thing that really sells itself here but the fact that they've got uh, entrepreneurship experience that they've they've been and done and they've failed in the past tells me that they they're willing to to really give everything because they know what the size of a prize is and they know that this is going to be significantly successful for them so they're driven to achieve success right then you look at the experience of people like Rommel and, uh, you know, in terms of the expertise in business development and in operational process and efficiency and operations experience. He's an experienced guy, right? And he's going to be able to complement the, the capabilities of Asikul and Dipti. And then you've got the CTO who's very technical, which you have to be, right? You can't be a CTO if you don't have expertise in the type of things that these guys are doing which is software development platform development this guy's got many many years of experience in software development the uh, platform creation and it's all in e-commerce so for me all of that combines itself and tells me that they've got a very strong founding team they've got a very strong top layer of management that understand how to drive a business and develop it but also how to operate it. So for me, it gives me a lot of comfort. And Asikul is a very easy person to talk to. If you don't understand something, you can keep on asking him. He doesn't, he doesn't get frustrated that quickly um, by uh, repeating his answers to you. So they're really good. And then when you look at the competition, you know, the competitive landscape, and, and for me, this is good. There is competition, right? How many times have we said, oh, you know, so-and-so's competing with this, they're never going to make it. The idea is, is that if there is competition and there are people doing something similar, it tells you that there is a demand for this product and service. The key difference here and what I like is that they've chosen an asset light approach to doing this so they don't have to go and build out a warehouse with you know 50 billion dollars worth of stock they act as an enabler so they're effectively bringing everybody into the ecosystem and enabling them to be successful right and if they're successful then PrioShop's successful everyone wins and I, I like that type of business model I, it can't be a win-lose kind of uh, scenario which some businessmen seem to have it in their mind. 
I gain all the margin, you get nothing out of it. For me, it doesn't work, right? If there's a win-win scenario, then for me, that's a, a good thing. It shows me that it's a sustainable business model. They're doing things on consignment basis, meaning they'll take an order, they'll then go and submit that, and they'll fulfill against it. They're not just like predicting what they need and then buying it and holding it in stock or anything like that. And they've created a marketplace for both the B2B and the B2C, you know, like for the retailer to sell to the consumer and the, for the retailer to buy from PrioShop or through PrioShop. So it's, a, it's, very, it's very good in terms of what they're doing. It's very good in terms of how they're trying to execute. And, and they've found that niche that others are overlooking and they're going to go hard and fast into that. Right. And then, you know, like when we talk about this as being a potential unicorn, right? I mean, you, we talked about Bangladesh shop hubs in Dubai, etc. But this isn't something unique. Like we mentioned, you know, it's not a unique problem. Bangladesh, we talk about because it's an untapped market. Foreign investment isn't there. So it gives us as angel investors an opportunity to come in and enable that investment right and and give liquidity to companies like PrioShop but in terms of is this a unique problem that we've never heard of before and is it a, a business model that's never been executed before absolutely not Indonesia Vietnam Pakistan and India all have their own unique unicorns that are doing this type of thing already right Indonesia's got a population of what quarter of a billion Vietnam, significant population. Pakistan is around 200 million. You know, Bazaar and Tajir are doing something similar. India's got India. Everyone talks about India and uh, Indonesia as the, the the growth of unicorns. And, you know, you can still achieve unicorn status in places like Bangladesh and Pakistan by if you execute correctly. I mean, just to add to that, I was just checking up on Uran. Um, Uran from India, they are Valuation is currently at $3 billion, $3 billion US dollars. I mean, of course, India is a market of a bit 1.1 billion population, so $3 billion. It's still a significant uh, size for this uh, for this kind of a similar concept that Shop is uh, trying to bring to life in Bangladesh. And I was looking at Pakistan's uh, Bazaar. Uh, Bazaar is the one of the most well-funded or the best-funded startup in Pakistan at this point of time. So... Looking at all of these examples from India, Pakistan, Indonesia, and Vietnam, Kelly Piro Shop is onto something, and uh, I'm confident that they are definitely going to be uh, doing really well and inching towards that unicorn status just by looking at the fact that this model has been done and executed in places like uh, in all the similar markets. And I think uh, there's a lot of scope for Bangladesh as well. So I'm excited for this particular uh, opportunity. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, we, we don't really want to delve too much into the investment perspective because, uh, you know, the investment requirements have, have you know, do change. Um, that when we were speaking to them originally, uh, I think it was 600,000 that they were looking to raise. And so if you are interested in talking to Creoshop as part of their uh, investment uh, round, they are doing a, a pre-series A, and 
you can reach out to our sickle and see if you're interested in investing. Um, they are looking to use that money to expand and improve what they're doing. And, and that will kick off like an even bigger spur of growth to capture the market in Bangladesh. But yeah, these things do change over time. We're using an old deck um, and we will get our sickle in here as well to kind of talk through the, the founder's story as well and, and talk through what they're currently fundraising for. But we know that they, they are looking for a cash injection to kind of really push forward with, uh, with that next round to achieve that unicorn status. Um, so that activity as well in terms of growth, you know, they've got the, the free apps, the micro merchant app, the Prio Shop app and the Prio Shop retail app. They're, they're looking at the near term initiatives, which are, you know, credit scoring, inventory management and digital ads for, you know, 2022. But they're, they're going to, you know, once they've done the credit scoring, they then can enable the buy now, pay later. Right, that's the biggest hindrance to everything at the moment, isn't it? Is I can loan you money, but I need to be able to be comfortable that you can pay it back and that you've got the ability to pay it back. Because um, the last thing we want to be enablers of is people getting stuck in a credit cycle which they can't break out of. Uh, it's got to be done responsibly, and they and you only want to lend money to those who are financially responsible, know why they're doing it to grow their business and that they could break that cycle if they wanted to. And then you've got, you know, their ambition. Where do they want to get? On-demand delivery, helping the micro SME community to generate customers actively. They would like to do international expansion and, and do the payment apps similar to what we see here in Singapore, like FavePay and the like like that and GrabPay. And then, yeah, the SaaS-based APIs for online sales from retailers. So, you know, being able to automate that whole procurement, fulfillment activity uh, through, you know, deep level API integration is something that they're looking to do as well as a long-term initiative. Now, who knows how quickly that product roadmap would execute once they get their, once they close their funding round. But all that means is that everything is upside here. If they can compress this expansion plan and uh, and execute quickly on it, it just means that they get to their ambition of being uh, a unicorn very quickly. Being in the digital marketing space, right? Uh, digi ads or digital um, ad inventory is quite exciting. Um, I just wanted to ask you really quickly, how big do you think is Alibaba, how much money do you think Alibaba is making just selling ad inventory across all of its e-commerce properties? I don't even want to hazard a guess. I know that'll be wildly wrong. It's $23.5 billion from just selling ad inventory across all of its e-commerce sites. And one thing that I've been seeing uh, in the digital marketing space is we're seeing a lot of brands looking to actually buy ad inventory within e-commerce sites. So if you look at Amazon, right, Amazon made almost $18 billion in 2020 just from selling ad space on its website and it's growing faster than Facebook, it's growing faster than Google uh, in terms of what it's selling uh, for ad inventory. So I find the fact that um, in Prio Shop's near-term uh, initiatives, the fact that they have digi ads, I think that can be a really amazing way to unlock further and additional revenue and looking at what's happening with Alibaba, with 
Amazon and other e-commerce players selling their ad ad inventory of the e-commerce stores. I think this could be a really big potential from Priya Shop if they execute it well. And the fact that they have not really uh, accounted for what these digi ads are going to entail again, I think they're really exciting, and it might be. I think it's really exciting as an angel investor, and could be something that could even lead to more upside uh, for angel investors beyond what we've already discussed. I think the digi ad opportunity is something that at least excites me a lot because I'm in the digital marketing and the advertising space. So I feel that this is a big opportunity as well. Yeah. And and for people that don't really understand digital uh, digi ads, I mean, Razi, you can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not a digital marketing expert. But for example, I'm on their app and I want to buy, let's say, I don't know, tomato sauce, right? Like tomato ketchup, right? If there was a digi ad there, if I do ketchup as a search engine um, through the app, if I'm Heinz, I can promote my product to say, hey, consider Heinz tomato ketchup over, let's say, I don't know, whichever other brand might be popular in in that. So that's what digi ads is. It's really saying you might be searching for a generic product, but I'm going to but based on the adverts here, I'm going to put my brand in front to entice the consumer to consider my brand over another, right? So that's how I understand Digi ads to be. Is that right, Razi, or did you, I get you, that wrong? You got it spot on. I mean, that's just one aspect of Digi ads. Beyond that particular aspect where your products get featured whenever someone searches for a particular category or for, or for a particular type of product. Another thing would be like just banner ads, right? Within the uh, the product page, you have a banner on the right, maybe a banner in the middle. It could be a pop-up, it could be a video, it could be just a, a text ad. There's so many different opportunities within Gigi ads. And what you've shared is just one example of what's possible. Wow. It's amazing. So no wonder it's so valuable, especially if your brand recognition rides on this as well, right? If you if you're looking to create that whole brand recognition, keep your brand at top of mind, this is the way to do it. Yeah, especially for people who have a propensity to buy your product. There's one thing to be advertising a product, but if you're advertising in all the wrong places, it's just not a good way to spend your money. But if you're advertising that product in a platform where people are looking to buy already, the conversion of a of a marketing dollar is very, very high. You know, like uh, I spend a dollar here. If I get one click, that's great. But if I get one conversion to sale, that's an amazing return on investment for a digi ad as well. So uh, I think it's like, making sure that your advertising dollar spend is going to places where people are already in the mindset of buying or are interested in product purchase so there's a propensity for people to buy Um, and I think this is where you focus on the right platform to advertise your product and service okay and then obviously in terms of um, you know, the investors is kind of gives you an idea of who's currently invested and uh, and uh, and gives you some idea of the maturity of the, the business idea as well. So Accelerating Asia, their venture funders invested, Bansia uh, and SBK Tech Ventures are already in there. SBK Tech, 
um, really, and, and Bansia really understand the Bangladesh market. You know, they they are very specific around that. So if if I'm saying that I don't understand the Bangladesh market and therefore I'm I'm out, well, actually rethink it because if these guys are invested and they understand their own domestic market really well, then who am I to question that type of uh, uh, type of thing? They put their money where their mouth is. So even if I don't understand the Bangladesh market, I look at who others who do. And if they feel that PrioShop is something that's likely to deliver a significant return on their investment, it's a great train to be on, right? So Sonia, uh, Sonia is well known within the Bangladesh space. She understands the market and she's uh, she's invested James Ang, who's a board advisor. I mean, he's coming from a very good tech background and he's able to um, provide that kind of level of outside in feedback to the board. Uh, for me, that gives me good comfort that these people know what they're doing, that they're uh, that they've got a good advisory team as well in place. Okay, and where else have we seen these guys? I mean, we keep on coming across them everywhere we go. Um, Impact Collective, they were there on cohort two. We saw them there, um, you know, and uh, Tech in Asia, they were mentioned there as well. So they're the ones which I'm personally familiar with, but they're being recognised consistently across a number of different key platforms. Um, so yeah, they're really good in terms of what they're doing and they're being recognized for that. And they themselves feel that they're going to be the next unicorn in Asia. And uh, and I, I firmly believe that as well. I think they have the capability to execute. They're working in a space that's substantial. That achieving unicorn status is very easy for these guys to do. I think their domestic market can sustain three or four, perhaps, unicorns in this particular segment that they're operating in. So it doesn't have to be a winner-take-all. It can be a healthy ecosystem of competition. And, uh, and I think these guys have got the ability to achieve significant returns on an investment for an angel investor, but at the same time, create significant improvements to, uh, you know, to the lifestyle of Bangladeshi's country. Oh, I think um, it's definitely an exciting startup. So if I look at, um, I mean, this is just the early start of the year, right? and I look at uh, startups that have really, um, really gotten me to sit up and notice, I think uh, one of your shop is definitely one of them and I'm as I've mentioned a number of times in this particular episode I'm really excited for this opportunity I am looking forward to where your shop goes and looking at their roadmap and looking at what kind of traction they already have I think this is an excellent opportunity and in the next episode we're going to be having Asiku who is the founder of founder and the CEO of, of Prior Shop join us. He's going to share with us the founding story, how it all got started. He's going to share with us his vision. And of course, for all of us who are interested, um, he's also going to be sharing uh, their funding, how they're going to use the fund and how you can be part of uh, Prior Shop's journey to build the next unicorn. So do look out for that episode as well. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to us um, and talking through that and let's get Asikul in on the next call and uh, and uh, and have his input into uh, giving us an update on where he is what what were the, what they're doing and how, how well they're executing against this project <laughs>